All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Post Twink. Uh, I am Maurice. Hello and hi there. This is Moises. And this is Reed. Reed, not with us live this time. No, <laughs> he not wasn't anymore. really live last time. Oh, because his tummy hurt. Aww. But it was, now it was back live. In... I wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were how there are you live? better? Are you oh, able live. to function now since America poisoned you upon <laughs> your visit? Yeah, now that I'm back in the mother the mother country. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, um, I'm back in Halle, so. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to start another year of post twink episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in the Radio Corex Studios. Exactly. Yeah. Away from us, which is sad, but I'm glad you're there. Thanks. Um, I do think that we need to plan like a Mexico City um, show edition where we <laughs> oh, <that'd laughs> go to Mexico actually. go to Mexico City and make like three separate shows. In one day. <laughs> in one day. Oh, that's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll be at sea level, so you and I will be Gucci. Oh, that's true. We'll be fine. Yeah. Reed will be very All right. Oh, yeah. I think last time the thing that made me sick in Colorado was drinking three margaritas in very quick succession. succession. So oh, yeah. you're a punk now? <laughs> can't do margaritas all of a sudden? What? No, I don't think I can. It's such a sensitive... No. Oh yeah, but it was it was Mexican food and margaritas that probably upset my stomach before the last show. Probably. So that makes me question the wisdom of 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 being so optimistic about a Mexico City show. <laughs> right, you'll just be foiled from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, not my problem. No. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, so our three questions. Um, what are you all reading? What do you all love? <clears throat> and what's making you come? Who wants to start? Right. Uh, and one thing, me. one thing, no, no, no. One thing that I'd like to do is um, post the things that we mention on the uh, description. Oh, like of the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, just like what are the things that we mentioned, and like here are links to them. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like. Do you to want do to do that, that Reed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have all the passwords now. So. I know. No, no, no. So I, yeah, now I have all the passwords, and I and everything will be. <laughs> Excellent. I was gonna this say is why on, I have trust with Reed because, because do you see that sinister laugh oh, and giggle? Oh he yeah, does? I didn't even see his face to know he like sinisterly smiled. <laughs> yeah, this is why we are not really friends. You are uh, Moises' friend who I hang out with sometimes. Oh, with oh shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yes. So going forward, we'll begin. Um, to keep track of the things that we mentioned, which would actually be really helpful for me because I don't remember when I've mentioned certain things or like certain comic artists. I'm like, did I talk about this? Before? So basically, you are beginning the show saying you don't remember anything you talk about. On no, the not generally. Okay, so let's move on <laughs> <laughs> to uh, swipe right, swipe left. What is? Oh, we know the three questions. Oh, the three questions. You yeah. just try to skip the. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Because because you're not ready. No, I'm just kidding. Reed, why don't you kick us off? All right, so the three questions are, um, what am I reading, what do I love, and what makes me come? Yeah. Or what's making me come? Yeah. So uh, what I'm reading is uh, Yaganath Yaganant by Karen Tidbeck. Uh, so it's a fantasy book by a female author, a woman author. 
um, which isn't surprising if you've if you follow what I'm reading because that's all that I basically read. Uh, mm. But it's uh, short stories by a Swedish author um, called um, Karen Tidbeck, and so they're very short. They're like each of them is like a 15 minute read, uh, and it's it's the thing. I guess I keep repeating that I like about science fiction and fantasy is that it it allows you to because the the setting is just a little bit off it allows you mm. to see different perspectives that you'd have a really hard time seeing if something was very realistic and so these are of course realistic but um anyway if if I was to recommend one short story in this um there's like 16 in this book oh. I would recommend um the first which is about a man who falls in love with an airplane. Oh. Um, so it's it's How'd a very that work out for him? never mind. Ah, I'll read yeah. the story. No, 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 no exactly. <laughs> I know you won't. But um, <laughs> Ooh, what does that mean? But, Ooh, wait a minute. We're gonna have a moment on this episode. I know it's another argument. <laughs> oh, who's ever listening? You can, be prepared for this argument that's gonna happen. I can feel it in the air. It's great for me. I'm here for it. Just um, no, it's it's a it's a really fascinating. It's just it's it's a great and it's the first story in the in the in the book and it it um, gives you a good taste of the character of the rest of the books. Nice. So I won't give it away. It's very it's a, it's a it's a fascinating book. It's about um, love and like uh, reciprocity. Ooh, with um, the airplane. Exactly. It's fantasy. <laughs> Sorry. Or is it? Re- or is it reality? Jonathan, oh, girl, what 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 makes you come and what do you love? Oh yeah, what I, do you love and what's making you come? What I love is um, I recently was traveling to Bavaria, and Ooh. and um, Bavaria makes like this like Bavaria is kind of like the Texas of Germany. This is what I like. A German person was they were telling me that like. Never, yeah, that that the, they they have all all kinds of stereotypes about the people that are in Bavaria. Those are they're the ones that like wear lederhosen and like blow horns on top of mountains and stuff and oh, dance and sing. Those Germans. Um, yeah, I know I exactly what you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Well, they're very conservative, um, which was funny because somebody said that I was in the conservative part of Germany, and then I went to another part, and they're like, "Oh, they're racist there." And I was like, I thought I was <laughs> like, so I'm, I've yet to discover all of the different parts of Germany and going to Bavaria. Like when you first come here, it's, it's, it's a very, it seems kind of homogenous because in the U S differences are, are fairly, it, it's, it's more of, I guess, a multicultural society. And when here it's, everyone is like culturally very similar. And mm-hmm. so the longer that I stay here, the more I just become aware of the subtle differences and like the difference between Bavaria and the rest of Germany is not subtle at all. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's dark. They're like people. Big horns. Yeah. It's, they're people that live in valleys and mountains. So they're, they just have like very different cultural values. Um, but, uh, no, I, I like, I like slowly kind of like discovering more about, about Germany as I live here. Oh, seeing um, all the city yeah and then yes. um yeah what makes so you then come? what makes me come i was gonna i i was i rephrased this as what's not making me come <laughs> but, oh. um no <laughs> <laughs> way to make it sad 
<laughs> I don't know if he's trying to solicit from the viewers <laughs> or what. Work, read, work. All right. I support it. So, so I'm going. Uh, I'm going to Prague at the end of the month. Um, which uh, the some of the people that I'm going with told me they reminded me that. Um, <laughs> It's uh, where Bellamy, Bellamy, the oh. yeah, that porn studio. Wait, you hate Bellamy? The, excuse me? You hate Bellamy porn? I hate? Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a super big fan of it because it reminds me of like Russian prostitutes in China. Um, oh. <laughs> which is very specific. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> It just, it seems, it's, I'm, I'm curious what it will be like to go there. And I'm, I'm definitely going to go to gay clubs. Um, yes. Yeah. But I've like, I've never, I don't know. I've never really, I'm not really a club person. I would rather just like sit in chairs and eat desserts and drink coffee. <laughs> and That's that would boring. be like, that would be like my sense of community or like gay club community. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. So anyway, I'm going to go to Prague. Um, you're gonna sleep with the Bellamy boy. I I don't think so, but because um, I I apparently have this bias against it that's very specific. <laughs> I always um, feel like I stumble upon that porn, and I'm like, and then I'll see the little like shadow mark put up, the little Bellamy symbol at the corner. Is that wait? Is and that, I was like, oh, is, that, is that the oh. stuff where they like? If they have like these really weird porn where it's like these like men and this like they, they use like lots of billowing fabric and the beaches a lot. Yes. Oh, all, like white. Well, yeah, but but, like, it, but, but it's yeah, but it's but it's like it feels like like Barbie dolls fucking. Oh yes, because it's like there's always like billowing fabric. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like sunset on the beach, and you're like, and, and they're also like forcing them to speak English, which is obviously. But it's oddly like it's, never yeah, gets me hard. The language, like I want it to, but it really just fails to do anything more than a mid length, a mid. You know, a mid direction. Yeah. A mid, I feel. A, I feel the same. Hacker. I feel the same. Brilliant. <laughs> Clearly, Moises goes full math. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I've stumbled upon white man in billowing fabric. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, work. Not for me. Excellent. All right, Maurice. Do you want to go next? What is for your three? Um. Shit. I I'm. T- I'm a horrible, horrible host. You guys. Why? Um, what am I reading? Um, I have a, this other project I'm working on these days. And so right now I was um, put on to this um, Canadian who went to Peru, um, who was going down there as part of the kind of ayahuasca craze that came, seems to be happening consistently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was living there or whatever. And... Um, I don't want to give too much away because I'm working on this story in another project, but Ooh. he um, he went down there and ended up basically killing one of the local shamans oh. because she would not give him uh, ayahuasca or like lead him into an ayahuasca traditional ceremony. So he ended up killing her um, because of that. Wow. And so, huh. we've been, yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about like <clears throat> herbs, herbalism, um, Spirituality as commerce and the concept of privilege. Ooh, nice. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so, um, and I think, if I'm following the story correctly, what I think what happened is I think the locals ended up killing him, like hanging him, which I do believe is a beautiful form of justice. 
Um, but the, but I, know, I know, but I'm just thinking, but I was just reading about the idea of just a lot of the dial, a lot of, um, editorial and just like feedback online about, you know, like what ayahuasca has become, what the perception of it is, where people think that like, you know, they can go somewhere and they're entitled to receiving, mm-hmm. um, I should be able to experience this. Yeah. When they're turned down, they kind of freak out and lose their shit. Good. So it's an interesting, um, Story and we were looking at it because mm-hmm. we were looking at like um, you know people use white sage for smudging a lot so we're yeah, looking yeah. at like traditional some popular traditional indigenous things that right, are kind right. of mainstream um, right. and the overabundance of people using sage mm-hmm. um, in a mainstream you know kind of poppy right, kind yeah. of way what is done as eliminated sage growing wild so mm-hmm. for example like I have a lot of friends like even here who like you know places where they would go and like you know get some sage for use yeah. and you know we generally like go and grab a little bit, you know, maybe make a, a couple little bundles every five or six. And then, you know, you know, just things like you never take, like, you know, you always take from the big plant, never the small ones, that kind of exactly, thing like that. Yeah. So what we have now is like, just talking to friends over the past year or so in like here, California, all over the country, is that places where they would go and just like see sage growing in the wild, but they don't see it anymore. Because oh, wow. we're harvesting. So we've been looking at like um, the, yeah, privilege and access and um, what it means to watch plants kind of go nearly into it into the threat of extinction it's really interesting so that's kind of what i'm reading a lot of shit on that so nice anyways all i have to say is i don't know people well i'm i'm interested to hear more about that when when you when it does like come into like a more complete thought you said you were working on something so yeah yeah it's the second podcast (laughs) (laughs) so it'll be out in the middle of september um yeah and what do i love I don't love a lot of people right now. <laughs> I don't love a lot of people. Um, I'm still trying to get to you two coming to my house the other, that a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And doing your weird intervention, your, and your weird fake friendship intervention with me. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm still analyzing that one and see, sorting out how I feel about it. Because it's felt a little scripted. Oh, God. It felt right, well, rather take your, scripted. Take your time. Rather scripted. Rather take, scripted. Take your time. Take your time, Reese. <laughs> so I'm trying to understand what the intention was there. Uh, no intention. Just words. Just mm. real words. I don't know if they. I think they were words. I'm not sure if they were real <laughs> words. Maybe I need to come back. Like in in. Maybe I can't wait a year. I have to come back like sooner. <laughs> I really think you do because we didn't have any of the conversations that we were supposed to have. We had like one fifth of the first one. Um, oh. No, what do I love? Um, Drunken conversations with your friends that you have to process a month later. <laughs> I love my friends and I miss our friendship. Because we don't have much Aww. friendship. It's true. I miss we that. We get the fun part. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I'm not like pretty enough for you guys or no. cool enough. Or... I, just made bad, I just make bad decisions. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I love... <laughs> I love the way things used to be. Moving on. Um, what's making me come? I'm sorry I live in Germany now. <laughs> you were sorry. <laughs> no, we had a good moment because that day I came over after work and like we laid on the couch. Um, it was really like clear. Like I'm sure you're like, what is this big bitch doing on my lap? But like, it was really like. Oh, when you all had read Maurice Tim. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Uh-uh. Yeah, we were we were on the couch. Cool? We had like a little conversation. Cute. Um, and I was like laying on the couch, ever, and like, 
I don't know. It was a good moment. Like I felt really clear energetically. I was like, I hadn't felt that clear in a long time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, man, I never feel like this. Like, cause I just worked all day and it was hot and we had a fucking European in town who needed like desserts. So I was trying to find <laughs> fucking dessert to him. Um, cause I just like Thank worked you. and then had a meeting and like <laughs> all this shit and nothing. And none of the bakeries that I like were on route. <laughs> so oh, I was yeah. like trying to improvise. I was like, uh, grocery store. What can I get here? There's a little King Supers moment. Yeah. Um, we went to Marzix. Um, better. Marzix is good for meat and like oh, yeah, not bread. But their <laughs> no, dessert but game you is. Got, you got like the standard German dessert thing, which is wafers. They're called manor or something. I, oh, I don't know yeah, if I'm pronouncing like it those. correctly. Yeah. Um, well, they look cute. Manor. Manor, I think. Anyway. They were, yeah, cute. they were good. They did, they did, the, they did the trick. And then I brought him gummy bears, but I think I ate them all. Oh no, you left some and I ate them all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marzix. What up, though? Y'all want to sponsor? Holla right. back. Um, what's making me come? Um, you know what? I always feel like I'm way too much for the people. Why are you? I don't know why that was funny to me. Why are you? I always feel like I'm way you, too you think much. I'm too much? No, I just thought it was funny the way you said it. So that's what's making you come. <laughs> 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 I'm way too much for these hoes. Yeah. Nah. Um, and I am not drinking on this podcast, ironically. I know. Um, uh, or nor smoking any weed. Um, I feel like I'm way too much, and so I always try to, like, you know, play it down or try to accommodate. And so lately I, um, one, I think everybody who I was, like, had on the sexual partner, like, you know, rotation, the rotation list. Yes. I uh, realized I was accommodating way more than I cared to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I chopped them down a lot. Oh, good. Um, like the man who sleeps in my house way too much after sex, I had to like get rid of him because I was like, "You sleep more than we have sex." Oh no! Mm-mm. So he's gone. Um, one person had a bisexual breakdown. I kind of may have yelled at him and told him I didn't understand why he was having a bisexual moment. He is thirty years old, and gay and straight barely even exist. I wasn't understanding why he was having some intellectual crisis about it. Um, so chop that one. And so what's making me come is not accommodating people at all anymore. Oh, I like that. And um, doing what you love to call me, Moises. What? The PB word. Uh, Power bottom. Oh, yes. Sorry, I don't know why that took me so long. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Even though I'm bottom-ish these days. Ooh, look at you, little verse. And (laughs) gay-ish. Ooh, look at don't you, say little the B, queer. Don't say the B. Yeah, I'm not bisexual at all. Right. I'm queer. I like that. I love that. My sex has gotten... What's making me come... This is such a long... I want to start this podcast over. What's making me come... Yeah, we're very meandering around these three questions. We can really start over no, if you guys want to. This it's is been great. Very, it's been great. I'll be quick. This is the structure of the podcast. True. <laughs> this is... We have... We segmented You know what, son? You talk a lot of shit, but I don't see you showing up to like, you know, bring the shit that you're trying to critiquing to fruition. Um, very... What's making me come is really exploring a level of queerness uh, for me sexually that I... Um, did not know that I had, and did not know I was one of those type of people. Unlocked. Yeah. I don't accommodate people. I like it. Um, it's really about what I need, and either you're going to show up and we're going to right bring our powers together, or we're not doing anything at all. Um, and definitely being very queer and not tripping over... Um, all that gender shit. Yeah, there's a whole drawer in there that's about gender shit. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, mine. Yeah, oh, you, Moises. I just forgot what I was reading. Um, oh, I was going to try to go around the question. Um, <laughs> so I'm not reading anything, but I'm just going to take a moment to talk about entertainment. Um, Steven Universe, I watch it. I love it. It continues to be great. Um, the most recent set of episodes, brilliant. Um, what is that show about? Um, it's like this little boy and his friends that are crystal gems and they're all ladies. A little boy playing with crystal? <laughs> is this a cartoon? It is a cartoon, yes. Um, and is he this actually... Like, is it like a cartoon network show that's on at like t- after 10 at night? Or is it no, like it's on like a, It's like primetime cartoon network show. <laughs> so it's like so you it, that watch Obviously a show for like children. Little children. Okay. Yeah, but it's very Aren't emotional. Aren't you reading a story about a man who's like getting turned on by an airplane? Uh, right, so, why? So you're throwing stones? Oh, yeah, <laughs> but that's just kidding. It is a show for children, but two of the crystal gems, and they all use female pronouns, got married, and it was very sweet, and it was cute, and they confused. Anyways, it's a great show. It's cute. It's wholesome. It makes me cry like a little baby. Um, so that's what I'm reading, or more so just sort of intaking. Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say for reading. Um, well, I actually wanted to say uh, thank you, but also not thank you to Google, because I started using that, like, here's your daily news thing, where they give you the headlines. And it's just too revealing about myself. Like, there's some things that I'm like, I clicked that once. I don't need to constantly know what Azalea Banks is doing. Like, I don't need to know every day. Yeah. So, thank you, but also, no thank you. Um, so, there's that. Um, what you do know I- with me and Google, I'm always like, you don't know me. Right? You don't know me. You're not the boss of me. You don't know me. But then it does. <laughs> too well. Algorithms this is why I don't use any of that stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, mm-hmm. shut the So fuck evolved. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch can't even eat a fucking cup of beer without getting sick. I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> let's drink three margaritas and then let's talk. <laughs> I thought we were going to kick it after the podcast and he over here laying down wanting to vomit. I was like, ugh. Tummy. Um, and then what do I love? Um, so this last weekend I went to the Underground Music Showcase. and Without me. I True, without Maurice, but he did hook it up for my friend, our mutual friend. So that was... Wonderful and very, very much thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I blew my load too early because I saw a band. <laughs> you blew your load too I early. Blew my load too early. <laughs> so literally, like the first night, Friday night, there was a band coming, Escort, who I thought I'd never see live because they haven't put up an album for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, well, they have no reason to tour. But I saw them. I danced. I like the um, the the singer and I like had it felt like. But really, I just was yelling at things at her, and she thought it was cute. And it rained on me, and my hair looks bad now, but it was totally worth it. I was like, I'm gonna dance in the rain, I'm gonna get wet. So it was just like lovely and cute and great. But then the rest of UMS, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so great, loved it. UMS was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had a weird witch moment. Mm-hmm. I was doing, um, for what one of the nights I was doing readings at this, oh, at, yeah, at yeah. this shop, and um, whatever because we were in the, the shop was in the strip and all the stores yeah. and like we're there and like I was thinking nobody's really gonna come so I was like oh I'll probably just stay here for an hour and then go see a show whatever come yeah. back whatever blah, blah. and I was busy the whole time oh <laughs> well, no, which is good yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it was just like it was just funny like me the black dude in the head wrap and all these like young white hipsters rolling up trying to get like my, it was just it was just a lot of like young white like hipsters and me I just, it's oh, always yeah. funny me and my religion in, my, in like the race awareness moments, so that was happening, right? Oh, yeah. And then across the street was like some like um, like a like a band like a like a like a 
like a southern like band on the corner oh, yeah. playing music yeah, right like and i just like felt like southern, yeah like a big brass band i know like yeah but i know cultures. like the denver scene that would go to that oh yeah it was very white the yeah, yeah. well every, everybody's white here like i don't That's understand true. where you all think all these i am the black community here <laughs> <laughs> i am the one it's like me my two cousins and that and the other black person who we don't get along we are the black community here <laughs> but it was but it, but it was it was weird i felt like marie laveau's son or something like that it was just a funny little moment yeah what makes you come oh ugh. um so I think I've actually come around to slightly embracing more. I'm not going to say that it's like, but like a cock ring moment, which I know is like extra accoutrement, but like they're kind of like fun. So what is the purpose of cock rings? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes they're pretty. Sometimes really, supposedly the intention is to like restrict blood flow so that folks can go longer, stay harder. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I just think they're pretty. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it's like jewelry. It's like jewelry for my penis. <laughs> jewelry. But yeah, so that's those are my three. Done and done. Cool. How did we discover these? Was it out of necessity? Uh, was we, it out of curiosity? Oh, curiosity primarily. And I've always like, I don't know. But lately I've just How been like, take oh, this you is so like long. a fun moment. <laughs> How did it take you? To like to full... To be a more, like, embracing? I don't know. I think I've just was like, hey, I'm going to wear this out tonight. Actually, yeah, there's been a few nights that I'm like, I'm going to wear this while I go out to the club. And not oh, like a okay. sexy way, but in a, like, oh, now it's there. Are you trying to just, like, be the guy with the bulge in the club that everybody's staring at? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love? Who have I become? Oh, no, I did Oh, yeah. That was yeah, I did it. We yeah, did it. We did it. Okay. Yay. All right. Um, so swipe our next left. segment is going to be Swipe Right, Swipe Left, where we kind of briefly go through kind of um, what's happening uh, in the zeitgeist and how we're feeling about them. Yeah. Um, um, Maurice, I'll, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I don't have much of anything, um, but did he laugh? No, I think he was moving things. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't um, laugh at you. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was moving... <laughs> To get a drink of water. Reed, I think we need, we need to have a conversation class. and get really real. I've got some, like, three really big questions to ask you that I need answered immediately. Um, the podcast is taking a turn. I'm trying to pause <laughs> for a good editorial. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to pause and make a good edit for, for Reed so, you know, I can edit that out. Um, we could always do so, it at the end of the show, after. Mm-mm. I'm, so, I'm sorry, listeners. Post-show. Well, I knew that. I don't know why you think that's going to happen right now. Um, okay. One... So Beyonce apparently is, um, oh right. my God, I'm a gay black man talking about Beyonce on a podcast. Fuck. Um, it's hard not to. I know, right? So Beyonce <laughs> is apparently scheduled to be the cover of Vogue in September. Um, and apparently, like, according to the Anna Wintour camp, she's been giving all this, like, um, somewhat unprecedented creative control over um, the issue. And I'm not clear if it's just like her photo shoot and her story yeah, in the magazine or if it's the whole other story. But with one, of the, well, one of the cool things is that like Vogue has been around for what, 120 something years mm-hmm. and Beyonce um, picked a photographer who's like some, you know, like 22 year old black photographer or whatever. But I guess the gag is in 120 years, um, 
Vogue has never had um, a black person who did the uh, who did the shoot for their cover. The cover, right? Which is wow. which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, granted, I know like a part of that history is kind of when white people thought black people were like you know horses or something. <laughs> um, so I'll give I'll give I'll forgive them for a little bit of fifty of those of those <laughs> years because it was before they really knew that we were human beings. <laughs> Pause <laughs> and gag. Anyways, but. Um, I was interested because I think like the fashion world tends to, there's a certain areas of the fashion world that tend to be really progressive mm. and tend to be more progressive than I think regular society. And in fashion, like there's a segment of it where a lot of like really radical revolutionary kind of cultural things happen in fashion. And so I'm surprised to know that like Vogue, who is considered like the voice of the, you know, mm-hmm the voice of fashion, if you will, has never had a black person be a photographer for it. Only because see, fashion does have a certain limited but like love affair for black bodies. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that um which I'm nobody mad at. Um but I'm surprised I was just really surprised at that. So I guess oh, yeah. like swipe right on I don't know, Beyonce is a pop star, I don't know, using her power to do kind of cool things and oh, yeah. change conversations. So I'm swiping right on it. I'm gonna swipe right on that too. Well and part of that too well and then also Vogue the September issue of Vogue UK, um, Rihanna's on the cover. That's the first time a black woman's ever been on the cover of UK Vogue. Really? Yeah. Not even Naomi Campbell? Yeah, apparently. Not even Naomi Campbell? I mean, that's what I think I read no. in a brief article, but... Naomi no. Campbell is superhuman. She's been modeling for almost 30 years. Most models don't model for 10 years. That's true. And she's still working. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at Vogue. Finally doing a thing. Read from Europe. The voice from Europe. The voice from right or something Europe. left. Yeah, I'm going to swipe left on um, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> on what? You we're know? talking about... We're, hold Wait, on. How do you feel about Beyonce on the cover of the September issue? Oh, of that. I was going to talk about Limp Biscuit. Yeah, it's great. Swipe right. <laughs> yeah, see, I am not surprised Vogue has never had a black photographer before because... We just gave you all this context and history for why we're bringing and you And you want to talk about Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. <laughs> I thought it was my turn. No, I know. I it looked, was your it turn, was. But, but you still showed up late. <laughs> I just love it because both Maurice and I were like, <gasps> like <laughs> it was a very, this um, is our last podcast, you guys. It's been a great run. <laughs> <laughs> journey. <laughs> yes. Okay, now you can talk about Limp Biscuit. Cockridge, yeah, Beyonce, swiping. and Lip Biscuit. <laughs> Limp. <laughs> that's the best enough. That's um, the podcast name. Yeah, literally. No, uh, the, that's, now it's a radio show. But um, mm. anyway, <laughs> I kept saying podcast too. But um, no, so uh, uh, Limp Biscuit is coming to Halle. Um, <laughs> They're like, still doing week. things? Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's and that was What's just, his name? I, Fred I Durst? I should, I, I, yeah, I think so. Oh, but I think I should. I'm just gonna swipe right on like my music taste progressing over time. I never actually listened to Limp Biscuit, but I can't imagine mm. still listening to Limp Biscuit if you listened to it before. Um, so, so, as a grown man, sorry. I can't have yeah. anything called Limp Biscuit in my no. life. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Swipe left on the fact that they're still around. I'm gonna say swipe right for the simple fact that. Limp Biscuit is still getting gigs. Yeah, I'm glad they're making money. I'm not giving them. They're, money. they're not making any money in the U.S. Mm, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, ooh, rough. 
didn't something recently happen with Fred Durst? I don't know. I feel like there was something in the media about like... I assume that he quit music and opened up a car garage. Yeah, I think he did something weird. Eh, I'll look it up later. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Not fine, Whatever. Girls. I don't care. Um, that's yeah, that's probably the appropriate done. response. All right. Excellent. All right, that's um, ours. And then for me... Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you. He's literally sitting right next to me. Um, um, for me, I'm going to take a quick moment to talk about Pose um, on FX. And I'm going to super swipe right. Um, because I was nervous. Because Ryan Murphy is in charge. And, and you should be nervous about I am, that. Yeah, and I'm suspect of him. Um, but I will say he has a great team behind him. And he has let them do great things. So um, Pose, fucking amazing. A show based in 1987. Um, house and ball scene. Um, queer, gay, trans. Like, at everything. Um, black, yes. Brown. And it's, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm a crier, so everything makes me cry. Um, but... I have literally, every episode, cried like a little baby, um, have been angry, have been outraged. Um, it's just really well done. I, but it's also one of those things when you, like, see your, like, community's history, like, represented in this way. It, um, in a way that I've never seen it in, like, a mainstream, you know, uh, TV show or whatever. Like, it, it, it'll move you. At this moment, I was like, is this how white people feel when they be watching shows all the time? <laughs> Maybe, like, white straight people, they just always connect with characters and immediately invest. Like, yeah, I'm so into the characters. The writing is really well done. Janet Mock um, directed several of the episodes. And, I mean, she's a badass and amazing. And so, um, so yeah, huge swipe right. Also, the soundtrack is everything like I'm like this is like the soundtrack of my childhood like just what my parents would play all the time and it's it's good everything about it's good and I was nervous at first and I shouldn't have been well understandingly I should have been but it's they did a really good job and I want everyone to watch it and I think it's super important um and the HIV shit in there whoo it um I mean because it's 1987 and you know we're talking about gays so it'd be hard to not mention HIV um, I also do want to point out one thing. There's only been one instance of drug use, and it was by some, like, white dude. It was James Vanderbeek, yes. <laughs> who works in the Trump Tower. Uh, yes! Drag them! Drag! Drag them! <coughs> so that was, like, so that was this great moment that my friend pointed out. He was like, you know, the only people we've seen do drugs is this white person. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yes! Look at that! So, um, so yeah, big swipe right on Pose. Y'all should watch it. Yeah, actually, folks right. should buy oh. it and watch it. Well, I'm gonna see how I can actually find it in Germany. Ooh, somehow. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Send us links, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're gonna transition um, to the meat of this mm-hmm. piece. Babies. Um, so we. Yeah. Do we want them? Do you need them? Do we like them? Exactly. Yeah. Are they great accessories? Um, yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, but really, this is post twink, um, an episode really that's about sexuality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that sexual identity is a part of that or can be, mm-hmm. um, but it's about sexuality. And so, um, looking at, you know, post twink, what does it mean? Or looking at community amongst 
you know, gay, queer, bi, cisgender, transgender men who are um, post the twink mm-hmm. uh, concept of life, right? And so we got to talk about babies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's like gay bees or nah. Um, gay bees or nah. <laughs> gay bees or nah. Um, I thought it was funny, though, that when um, when we did a little, like, a live earlier as we were doing our kind of pre-talk, um, we had a listener, uh, something, I want to meet your daddy or something like that. But anyways, his name, he said his name was, he's like, I'm a gay baby. I was like, what? He's like, he's like my name is Baby. Um, and I'm a little <laughs> mad that he never expounded upon that one. I was like, is that a financial uh, title? <laughs> or um, like Baby or daddy or something? Yeah, I wasn't sure what he meant by it, so... Um, with that said, I think I want to open up <laughs> the of gamies, um oh. to biological or to children that you raise, but also um, look at age differences too in relationships a little yeah. bit. Yeah, oh no. Um, no I, well, only because like we said, gamies, right? And then yeah. in the in the in, in the live on Instagram, and then some, you know, there was a a notion of relationships of age different of age differential. So yeah, and I didn't think about that. Well, and, and so I, what do you I mean by what do you mean by by gaby? I don't really know what that means. We mean at all. Like, do you want to have children? Like, do you mm. want to have? Let's start there. Do you want as babies? a gay? Do you want a children? Do you want babies? Procreate. Do you feel like you need to have babies? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to procreate or want... raise? Or yeah, or raise. Yeah, it is not even about reproduction sometimes. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a little more complicated. I know uh, you have some strong feelings about raising children. Me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I had this moment today where I, I was. I was wondering why I was thinking about a certain family member, because <laughs> I was like, I never. Think Your about brother this again? Uh, sh- we're supposed to keep things anonymous. Is, is you why. talked about him on the air before. I know. Anyway, it's it's so yeah, it's a good thing to talk about. I had this experience, which is kind of a good story to start off with, um, hmm. and I told my sess I think earlier, but I don't know if I told Your you. Real words. friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So. Love me, love me, say that you love me. Oh, choose me, choose me. No, so I had this experience um, this summer when I was back visiting family, where I kind of like know just where I need, where I should set boundaries, boundaries with some people in my family, and mm. and how I should spend more time with other people. Uh, but there was this one moment where, uh, so my brother and then my stepbrother and both of their wives they just had children at the same time so it's really interesting to see like their different approaches to uh, raising children and uh, so anyway I saw them this summer we had right before everyone was leaving we had dinner and um, then uh, my uh, brother's wife proposed that uh, we take a photo before we we let before they left But um, she didn't want me in the photo because I didn't have a baby. <laughs> yeah, she was like, families only, family, parents only. And, 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 and everyone was like, what are you doing? And then they were like, no, Reed, you go in the photo. That's silly. And then she was like, no, 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 no. A family with just the parents. Um, not Reed, because he doesn't have a child. So you and are so not then, valid. Like, eventually she realized that... Um, I I don't think she realizes that she's wrong. She doesn't ever apologize for anything. But um, (laughs) she, uh, um, she, she did her best at at basically 
she said that she didn't mean to ex- she she didn't exclude me on purpose and i was like well that was the point um, I mean, it was a very but then I went on to say that like I should still be part of the family regardless of if I have a child or like if I have a partner. Um, yeah. And uh, that was just one thing where today I was like, why the hell am I thinking of this person? And I was like, oh, I have to talk about on this on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, post twink. Yeah. Bring it to my family. Yeah. So would you stuff. say that your overall like your ranking is less in the family dynamics because you don't have children? No, absolutely not. Um, it's just, it's, it's with certain people. They just don't realize that they either put pressure on me or they exclude me from things because I don't have, because I'm not like a, um, I, uh, I'm not a straight person. Um, or I'm not like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing all the things that straight people do. Um, and so there's some mm-hmm. people that are like, yeah, Reed, you can do whatever you want and we'll love you and just be you and you'll still be part of the family. And like, this is a, it's a community and we're here to support each other. Um, and, and, uh, there are other people like this person who just, uh, I don't know, they just don't really have good social skills or something. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, um, but like, uh, no, it's, it's, it's for me, I kind of just, I, I used to, I thought about family when I was like living half time with the, um, housing cooperative in Boulder. Where, like, you had, like, a chosen family of sorts where you had support from a group of people, but they weren't, like, hierarchically or hierarchically or, like, um, like, connected by, by some sort of, like, blood connection. Um, so, like, that support system and how that support system allows you to do whatever you want and allows you to, like, if you want to, like, be a parent and help somebody explore life and then enjoy them as they explore life then it doesn't have to be with these like strict rules attached to it oh definitely well because it's used as like a measure of like oh and then you do this and then you do this like oh you are like clearly following the trajectory right and and it and so oftentimes like people will expect me to do things just because they like got married or had a child (laughs) and i'm like just because you did that like it's really nice but like you, you don't like I know that it's a it, like it's a big accomplishment for some people but I don't think they realize that like it's not equally attainable to other people if other people do it they'll always be like second class in a way and I some people just don't realize that oh totally well and um, it even I mean it reminds me too of the conversation that I've I've heard a lot recently which I think is great that I'm hearing more of this conversation but just particularly for women and the pressure for them to have children and like the ability for women just to say like no I don't want to have children and how hard that is socially for other people to deal with Mm. is that when you have a woman who's like no I don't want to have a kid and folks are like what like what is wrong with you your unused womb (laughs) (laughs) what a waste of a vagina (laughs) it's only purpose must be to spit out a pubis to give us children and you know, I think some of it, and you know, I think it looks different for other, like in the other, in the similar regard, like, you know, spreading your seed as like a man in the world. Like, how will you continue? Like, how are you going to continue your family lineage? My dad is very, in terms of the gay beast thing, um, I think right now, I'm, we, we, we went through a phase, uh, we started a phase a couple of years ago where he, um, 
I'm trying to quit talking about my daddy on this show. <laughs> I need to stop. I set you up. And I've talked about him a lot. And so I'm trying to remember what is aired and what is not. But um, no, he, I feel like right now for him wanting to be, he, wanted, he wants to be a grandparent. I'm his, um, only, mm. I'm his only biological kid. Um, and so even, even though he has stepchildren and they have kids, you know what I mean? He's like, it's not the same as your own. And so right now I definitely feel like if I had a baby of some sort, some, I mean, not some, I mean, like, but some, some, but some miracle of nature. I mean, it's not a miracle. I'm pretty familiar with how you, <laughs> with how you, you know, bake how one. Functions, yeah. um, how you bake how one. you make one. But, um, okay, I'm just doing this. But if I was to somehow announce to him that he was a grandfather of some sorts, um, it would definitely be happy and it definitely would up my ranking um, in the family, like, mm. piece. Really on both sides, too. Um, I think the gay part of it might be. I think that might um, provoke or inspire people's deep values about, I don't know, something. Mm. Um, not Clearly, I don't care about anybody's homophobia in my family. <laughs> right, I, clearly, like, I've never been concerned. Eh. I'm like, that is not my problem. If they I don't, make them feel away, then... That's not my problem. You're not invited to the cookout anyway, so I don't <laughs> understand. Like, and you know I don't go to yours, even though I'm always invited. So, But um, no, it would definitely like help me from that social piece um, to have a baby. And I think that I would definitely feel more connected mm-hmm. to the family who are mostly, you know, I got, you know, I'm not the only gay in my family right, right. who are mostly straight, but I definitely feel more connected because I have something to talk about with yeah. them at the things, you know what I mean? Because there's a commonality. Yeah, because probably now people after 25, as families and people just talk about their their children and what they're doing with them. Oh yeah, I mean, especially in the workplace, it's like you can't talk about your children, and your babies. Well, you're not in the, you know, you don't fit in, so. And I have to remind myself not to talk about my dad. I understand. That, and you guys are going to hate this. I understand um, the importance of babies for social currency mm-hmm. as you get older and what make makes you relevant in terms of on a larger scale to other people post-25 mm-hmm. for sure and definitely post-30. Um, I understand their value in terms of that one because when you don't have them, you are very, you are very clearly see what's going on. Oh, yeah. And even looked like looked at a little suspect like... Huh, what's going on there? They don't have a baby. But what about amongst gays, though? Like, in terms of, like... Um, I don't feel like... I, I guess within my, like, queer community, I feel because we have to be so intentional about that, like, there's... I don't know, there's, like, a bit of... Maybe it's just my circle, but, like, a de-investment from, like, using... Or thinking about children as, like, a mile marker of success or, like, mm-hmm. a successful life journey or something you need to do because it's, A, not often accessible in a lot of ways in the same way that it is for straight folks. And so, um, so yeah, I don't feel like that pressure is there as much. But, I mean, I will say, like, even for my family, like, after gay marriage passed they were like okay great so you're gonna get married and now you're gonna have babies and when are we getting grandchildren and i was like oh my that was quick like <laughs> i was like wow we just as soon as an hour, like an hour later <laughs> literally i was like oh wow so you know, that expectation just rolls right through um but yeah so but yeah i don't think i've ever felt from like the gay community like uh so where are your babies at when are you gonna have kids mm. Maybe because they know they probably shouldn't have them. Just kidding. <laughs> you know what's funny? You think that, but I really feel like you would be a really, um, a really good, de- a good father. A cool dad. Just kidding. I would not mm, be cool. Dad. I don't think you would be cool at all. <laughs> no, I, I think that you would be a really, a really good father. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean... And Reed, you seem like the type that, like, is dying for babies. Yeah, do you want kids? <laughs> you never answer the question. Um... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> there are times when I do, and then there are times when, like, if I meet someone and I, I don't want to, like, I'm not, a, like, I would need someone with, like, more maternal skills than, than I have. Maternal can would you, be Would maternal. you have a baby with me? <laughs> Hi. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh. Ooh, wait, wait, let's get into this one. Yeah. It would be cute. Like, we could, we could have a baby together. We could, like, summer... Like to, yeah, like but we need no, 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 no. So, so sorry, <laughs> but like <laughs> then we need to talk Wait. about like what we actually want the baby for, and because like the the thing that I've been seeing with my with my like brother, my stepbrother having children is they both have like wildly different expectations of what they want for their child. Where one of them mm. wants their child to like be the things that they couldn't be in life. <laughs> oh gosh, and, and then like That's, they have yeah. like. All of these expectations, and then the other is like, whatever, kids are happy. <laughs> like, let's just, like, isn't no, this fun? I want to have like, if, a happy child. If I were to have a baby, yeah. I want to just, if I were to have a baby, I mean, I, this is a very hypothetical if. Um, I just want to, like, I would want to do it to be a part of um, raising and exposing a human being um, to, I don't know, really good and diverse kind of cultural experience and grounding so that as they mature up, they can be, you know, a really cool, um, useful addition to society. You know what yeah. I mean? Like one that's positive, one that's also, you know, challenges and allows themselves to be challenged. You know, I would want, that would be my investment. I don't know that I would want. What if want, they turn out to be a conservative? That would, that's, Or like a dud. A dud. I don't want a dud child. What just kidding, it, that's what, not a what, thing. What, what, what makes a dud child? I'm kidding. Uh, they would become a conservative. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, what, you know, when That's you're raising a child, thing. like, I mean, like, you don't, you're not, yeah. you don't get to control the outcome. No, exactly. Per se. You, get, yeah. you, you, you just invest in the tools. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like, you learn from them about who they are. Yeah. Um, right. And it's your job to, like, facilitate and support that, but also to, you know, give them experience that challenge their perceptions, their ideas, and also things that, you know, support them to explore, to gather and you know yeah. be able to make decisions to, that will form what their ideas about things will be yeah and it it was the the thing that really kind of annoyed me when i was looking at different people trying to parent um and like i think <laughs> you you oftentimes will judge people when they're parents like everyone does oh, that yeah. oh i do all um, the time and, why is your kid here why is it this event we are yeah, in a bar but sorry continue. it was it was just unreasonable that they were kind of already putting expectations on like a six-month-old <laughs> Oh but, yeah. No, I, I don't want to talk too much, but um, uh, well, then let's it, talk about just, why you're it's unsure. Just like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put like um, expectations of perfection on a kid, or I don't want mm. like to raise a child so that they like are very adept in like a very competitive society. Um, it was just there were some moments that they where, are like, or are not adept. I'm are, sorry. No, there are some moments where like. It was just like everything had to be like completely sheltered for. Um, oh, I don't believe in that at all. And oh, yeah. so it was like it was like nothing can happen to the kid. Like everything has to be perfect. And then part of me was like, if something happens to your child and they're in a wheelchair, does that make them less than what they are now? Right. Like, like it's still going to be like a happy kid, who yeah. is just exp- a happy person who's trying to experience life, and like. Is it, what is the, like, if they don't 
if they don't meet your standards, does that mean that they like should be valued less or something? Or it just, um, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to raise a, a kid and for it to be just so. How would you want to raise a child? Just have fun. I don't know. <laughs> what, like, an, an interesting, or what? like an interesting life experience. I don't know. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I probably, even if I have a kid, I won't be able to answer that question. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, no. I guess for, go ahead. No, 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 go on. Well, and, it, and I think that's like, there's a part of like the child rearing process that like I think you know in terms of like giving them the tools and all of that stuff that I think is like beautiful and great but it is such like a large responsibility like yeah it is you know what it's I a little intimidating because, I'm like so, ooh and you guys are about to hate me um so they're granted okay so I've got a cat and yeah. I grew up we, we, we had we had pets you know we had a pet yeah. a cat that I recently learned was two and not one <laughs> you didn't know you had two cats yeah, my uncle told me, because he's like only a few years older than me, but he was saying that like when I was a young, so after my parents split, mm. uh, when I was like five or six, we moved in with my, you know, my mom moved in with my grandfather, yep. with her dad and my grandfather, and so I lived there with you know, the house with him and then her younger siblings, right? My uncle who's only five years older than me, right? Um, and so I was talking recently, and he was saying that the cat that we had, Moo, um, that I thought it was one cat in my whole childhood, and he recently let me know that it was two, and that the cat died, and they didn't want to tell me. They were they didn't know how to tell me, so they just got a new cat that looked the same. What? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I am a grown ass man, over thirty years old. I was in this kitchen. The six foot three, big old grown ass black man that I am, I my world was shattered oh. by that information. I was like, what? I was like, I told him, I was like, my whole childhood was alive then? And my was whole like, childhood. Yeah, it was. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it How was. How old was your cat? How old was the one cat? Like the theoretical cat. <laughs> the first cat. Well, I don't know because my memory is having the same cat my whole life. Did this cat live till you were like 20? <laughs> Uh, I think till I was about fifteen. Well, and they well, the cat was alive before I was born. Right. Well, but then there was two, so I'm all confused now. <laughs> I don't see. I don't even know what's going on anymore. Um, but so I, you know, so I. a few years ago. I, I, <laughs> so a few years ago, I had a cat because I was raised with yeah. a black cat, and it's just you know whatever. Yeah. Return to your roots you had or whatever. Two black cats, but you know whatever. Stop rubbing my face in it. <laughs> um, and I had the cat, and I don't know how long I thought cats lived. I was thinking I thought cats lived about five or six years. This is what I was thinking that my investment was. Do you know what I mean? And granted, I've had this cat for now for eight years. Um, and oh, I was, you want an upgrade? Yeah, for sure. Because oh I want an Egyptian mouth. Oh, yeah. I would, I would like to get rid of this one and get traded in another one. Um, I mean, I love me. It's cool. we got a bond and shit, but you know what I really want. Or like a, or, or an, uh, or, or Somalian Ab- uh, Abyssinian cat, right? Wait, and just the big ones? Huh? Donald, Don, I was thinking Donald Trump style. You're just like, oh, this one's getting old. I'm going to get a new one. I need a new one. <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah. But, uh, but then I looked at like how long do cats live? You're in for it. 20 years <laughs> and they can't and there are some records of cats living as long as 27 years oh, in for the long run oh yeah you were the one that i think i think Maurice, i did not said... know that this is like raising a baby ah that's the point 
<laughs> yeah, was that I didn't understand that it was a life that it was a life commitment. Like it was not like a five years. You know, you come out and they die on the couch one day. You're, you're a little sad and get mm-hmm. them, you know buried in the backyard and get a new one. You know, six months later. No, that's what I thought I was in for. Nope. But I realized that it definitely is. Yeah. Like raising a child. Yeah, and could you imagine the whole life you had to take care of them? So, like, I think about babies and children, but I also have to realize, too, that it's not like, okay, you just have a kid and you, like, have a good decade where you, like, invest and, you know, try to give them skills and experiences or whatever like, and support them. But relax. It's, it's lifelong. <laughs> Literally. Like, it's not going to go away. Mm-mm. So, that's the, it's inter- interesting. That's what makes it scary to me, yeah. is that it's, like, a lifelong commitment. Not yeah. scary, but, like... I think that's where I would get insecure about, like, am I doing the right thing? Oh, totally. And yes, I use my cat to talk about, you know, lifelong babies, but that's what it is. It's okay. Um, no, but this is why it's not a simple question if you're like, Reed, do you want kids? Like, it just it really depends on a lot Would you have stuff. a kid with me, Reed? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it like, could be fun. It could I be. don't. What I'm in, like. Our kid could be, like, be... bilingual. I could, I could be trilingual. Mm-hmm. Mm. That'd be cool. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, you have to think about like, and so it's like, it, if we're having a baby though, it, the baby has to be a... at least black or part black. <laughs> or else what? No, I'm or else I'm out. I don't want to be, up the contract. I don't want to be outnumbered racially in our family dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, no, there's, there's actually this group. Uh, there's this group and so I took this class in college and it was about adoption um, like an elective and it was taught by a professor who adopted two two kids from Asia I think I don't know where exactly in Asia Um, was a professor gay? no she was a woman and she was single and um, was she white? yeah she was introducing us to all this like discourse about um kind of like especially people who were adopted and they were Asian raised by white parents and then one of them created this website that was like um like Asian children against like kidnapping by white parents dot com. And and it was just uh like a, a group that was against um transracial adopting adopting like yeah, yeah interracial like um whatever uh, uh adoption. And um, and then there was yeah, others a- who were who were talking about, and one of the things they were talking about was when like white gay couples would adopt black children, mm-hmm. and and uh, just the the, the implications of like what what like how are we really gonna explain Raise. some things to those kids? I have know? I I mean I I mean for. <clears throat> From somebody who's worked in a field related to human services, right, where we dealt literally with foster children and children in the system, mm-hmm. and um, I would say, like, as a person of color and who is in a community of social network with people who are people of color, some of them have white parents mm-hmm. um, because they were adopted. Some of them have white parents because they're biracial, you know what I mean, right. or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> um, but like in terms of that adoption shit, it's 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 a real thing. I think as a friend. And as um, someone who's had to be an adult ally um, or adult like worker for younger people, it's a, it's a real piece. I'm going through this, mm. and I'm going to parallel this to something. So just give me some patience here. Mm-hmm. So about um, 
and I'm not talking about anybody in particular, even though you may recognize yourself in this story. Um, so I went through, it was a fascinating moment. It was um, a, a seven-day period, six-day period, actually, where um, I had all these friends who were non-black people who were texting me and calling me and talking to me about their um, black romantic or sexual partners. Mm. And... I think it was like three or four requests I got in that period, and it was like basically like people saying like Maurice, can you teach my black boyfriend how to be a proud black man? Oof. Um, and I was like, what? <laughs> some of them were mixed race, some of them were like, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but just were having like they were having all these issues with their blackness and dumping on their non-black partners, which I don't know why they would do that because I don't know what they expect to accomplish. Yeah. If you're in problems with your black identity, talking to your non-black partner about it, that doesn't seem very smart. And that's some, and I can tell you're way out of touch with your blackness yeah. if you're seeking a non-black person to help you. But I shall digress slightly. <laughs> um, but it was, um, it was a trip, though, because none of these men in, in I'm talking about are men, men who are young men. They're not like under 25. Right, right. They're well, well-established older men. And I was like, can you help? Can you support? And I was like, well, one, how? But two, I'm all like, well, no, I can't because if they're talking to you about the race issues, they are so far behind the schedule. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're going to do. They need to, like, hit the library or watch some new life class by Oprah or whatever it is. But um, I do look at and think that when you're in a culture or a country or in a space where you are a racial, ethnic, or cultural minority, um, if by 25, 26, you haven't figured that shit out, mm-hmm. if you ain't figured out to be whatever the hell you are, a black person or whatever person or whatever, whatever minority status you are, you're fucked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like by 25, like you, 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 you don't take your ass to therapy. You're not doing anything about it. And I think with that week, I was really aware of like how many grown black gay men there are out there who are absolutely lost in the shadows. Right. Um, and it was harrowing for me. Mm-hmm. People talk about why are you single, Maurice? I'm like, well, have you seen the community? No, no. But it was, <laughs> but it was interesting because I was like, how do you become a person of color or a black person? And by 25, 26, and damn sure by 30, you haven't figured out like how you're negotiating life right. as that. And so right. when it comes to adoption, like I've definitely seen, I've had friends who were like angry at their parents for adopting them, yeah, because their parents were white and they were not. And they were angry, and we and I used to be like, "Well, those are your parents. Like, how are you like? Didn't they, they raise, raise you? you? Like, they they're your parents. Like, how are you like? Man, I can't talk about the race stuff because I don't know. Because I'm experienced, but mad? how are you seeing? Yeah, my no, friend so Matt. Was, like, it took him bus. to like 35 to like really kind of get to a place where he was like okay with his white parents. And I was, which I don't, I cannot speak to because I don't have white parents, but I don't totally understand it. But it took him a very long time to like reconcile. Mm. With his, the family that raised him. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I'm babbling. I shouldn't talk about this at all. No, I, I don't think language. you're babbling. I think that, I think that like, it's <laughs> the first thing I thought of actually. But as, okay. Things. But like as a black man though, to see like somebody like that age who like, who's grown as hell and like, um, cause I have friends who were adopted by white people or do or are multiracial and raised by their like non-black, you know, family mm-hmm. or whatever it is who do not have oppressive internalized black issues. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, well, I know it is possible to be a healthy person and grow up in a transracial family. You know what I mean? Interracial family. So like, I don't, 
What it's weird. Yeah. But I feel like the older I get, the more black men I meet who are just like, this is not about the topic at all, who are have a lot of shit around their blackness. And I'm like, mm. yeah, we are not in a good time. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's even scary. But Reed, I cut you off, though. In the no, I was just going to say that like I think it's really... You bond, you like, you bond with your family, regardless, like, biologically, it's just what Mm -hmm. you kind of do. It's like a community that, the community that you're in when you're growing up, like, you have very fond memories, and you become very attached to places emotionally and people. Um, Mm -hmm. Mostly you have memories. Yeah, but then I I also, I remember... No, I say it because I think that white people in in America, I think white people in general are like, I feel like white people are really more into their childhoods. Sentimental. I think black people are. Mm. white people are very because white people are like grown and like love to play their favorite childhood games as adults like they create whole fucking leagues of kickball and shit like which is I mean it's a cool thing don't get me wrong but like white people like love deeply love and are obsessed with their childhoods where I'm like well I'm I'm grown now I don't really see the point what do I think about that (laughs) yeah so I don't know um yeah but then um so the other thing that I, that I thought of was I was on the bus because in the U.S. I would ride the bus everywhere. And um, one time I was listening to the bus driver talking to an Asian lady and the bus driver was saying, uh, she said, my daughter uh, was Oriental, but we don't really talk Ooh. very much Ooh. anymore. Um, and so like a really Ooh. conservative lady who adopted a child and just had no idea what she was probably doing. She probably adopted a child and assumed that maybe she was like, maybe there was a religious component. You don't really know. But like, mm. uh, um, yeah, people just, and people, anyway, if I, if, if I adopted a child, which is what I think I would do, mm. it would, it would require like a lot, a lot of preparation <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and like thought. Do you feel like as, okay, so back to your question and circle up kind of why I was tangential. Do yeah. you feel, this is a weird, oh, I feel like well, I want to ask this question, but I don't know how to ask it. Do you, do you feel like as a, as a queer white male, do you feel like you have a preference on the like ethnic or cultural background of the child that you would potentially adopt? So actually when I was like in college thinking about like when I came out and thinking about having a child I thought about like I would want to have like something that was like my own DNA in the Mm. child like I wanted to procreate and and like and in the in the last like 10 years (laughs) um I've I've shed like a lot of a lot of um a lot of just this like so I in those 10 years I went and I worked for like um a law firm and was on the track to be like a like neoliberal like like cosmopolitan um terrible human being and and decided not to do that but like you don't you so you just don't realize how much your your like expectations of raising a child is is to like is is like status driven maybe and mm-hmm. and f- and then you 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 want your other your child to be like i don't know it was just but i want you to answer the question because so, i'm asking you because you are a bit of a white like cosmopolitan like liberal <laughs> so i'm asking know, you the question liberal, i mean conservative but yeah okay. but like um but uh <laughs> like reaganite or something but like um <laughs> no, but like with uh but beyond that 
Like right now, I'm much more just like if I had yeah. a child, I would just. I think my headphones died. Oh. A very so supportive thing. Oh, my phone. Oh, that shutting down. Happen. Please hold um, for we're, we're, technical yeah. difficulties. <laughs> and so, what your question is, is like, would I adopt a child that was, or what, do, do I have a preference? Oh. Or something oh, like that? <laughs> for like the so ethnicity mean, of the child. Oh, my computer died? Oh, no, it's not. That's good. Oh, you're just going to have a Caucasian history. Ooh, I think I lost Oh, shit, the mic's on. Okay, keep it. Oh, I feel like you probably won't just to be a bitch. Get on the phone. Hey, Derek. Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot that you have. Yeah, we have options. I'm like, I hope nothing disgusting pops up on my phone. I act like there's like all this porn happening or like nasty shit on my phone. What did he call us from? Uh, hang up. Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Some of my contacts, I shouldn't be. Synced. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, like, why, I, was, I wanted to ask him, like, why do white gays... This is so bad. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like gays always adopt, like, interracially mm. or transracially. Um, yo. Hey, sorry. Can you hear us? Hey, hey, Reed, can you hear us? Yeah, I lost sorry, you. Sorry. Um, one of our phone batteries died. So. Yeah, sorry. We didn't realize that oh, my okay. phone was unplugged. Oh. <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought you hung up on me. So are you still recording? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't stop. Yeah, we, we kept on recording. All right. So, so you were saying, Reed. Sorry. We were talking about adoption and like yeah. racial preferences and like, um, do we in the politics? Because we just talked about like transracial adoptions and like some of the places mm-hmm. where it can yeah. go wrong. And you know, we we both brought up examples. <laughs> this is this is actually good because uh, when Moises and I we were talking about this, before, like when we were drinking margaritas, um, and I was exp- I was saying to him that I think it would be easier to have a kid in Germany. Um, oh, and yeah. he asked why, and I thought I yeah. just, it was because I didn't really understand all of the details involved in raising a child. So I didn't, like, there weren't all the elements in German culture that made me cringe like they do in, like, American culture. So, mm-hmm. like, it seemed more acceptable, or, like, there were certain things that I, like, looked at and I wasn't looking at, or I didn't fully understand the negative components. Raising a child in general or raising a child as a gay? As a, raising a child in general. Um, okay. Raising no, a child funny. as a gay, I think... Also, I think that if I raised, I don't know, I don't, I think it would be nice to, um, <laughs> if, if, if you like raised a child with like a German person or like a person of another nationality besides like US, um, that like everyone would just be like, oh, those crazy, like those crazy Germans, like that's just what those, and so they'd, that you, you'd never be fully part of one culture. So you wouldn't be fully judged by one culture because you'd always just be kind of different. Um, but as far as racial preference goes, I, I can't, I, I, or racial I sensibilities I or racial responsibilities. I don't what? know. Or I guess maybe not racial, but like racial responsibilities or something. I don't know how to, what the right term is. I think the <sighs> other, the other piece of it though, too, is also just the way that those systems work. 
and don't work for young children of color, mm-hmm. particularly like in adoption settings or what have you. Like, you know, I've even seen like breakdowns where like it's cheaper to adopt a child of color yeah. than it is like a white child. Um, you know, for all whatever reasons. And so I think that also contributes to the way that um, maybe gays in particular, but Cause I, 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 I definitely know when I look at like transracial adoptive families, I definitely like one thing I think from working somewhat close to the inside is that, yeah, you do know that like children of color get the short end of the stick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. And they're not considered desirable. And you do know they're like cheaper and easier to acquire. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think I'm always like, part of me is always happy that like, you know, like a child of color, especially a black child was adopted. You know yeah. what I mean? Out of that system, you know, from people who have the means and the time and the energy and the interest mm-hmm. to invest in a child and raise a child or children or whatever it is. But also too, it's just a, the visual will never go away. The visual, like the reflex of the visual of like, you know, certain parts of town you go here and like every white person has a black child on their hip. Right. Um, and it's just an interesting, it's just a, it's just a visual that has a lot of references that I can never escape. No, totally. Um, you know what I mean? So you kind of feel like, damn, are we like an ex- like a, a hip accessory right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm balanced between that and being like, or should I be happy that people are like adopting, ad- adopting black mm-hmm. children because black mm-hmm. children don't usually get do well in those systems? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say to like answer your question at least as directly as I can. And it's a hard yeah. question for the record. No, but it's it's that like I don't really understand what it's like to be black, and I, I I and I don't really understand all the work that would probably be involved raising a black child with like a Chinese child. I have an idea of what like Chinese people would think of a child <laughs> that was that was one raised by foreigners and two raised by gay foreigners. Um, like I I know that that would be really probably very difficult for them i don't fully understand what it would like what it would be what it's like to be like a chinese american person or a chinese german person um or whatever i guess they anyway um it would be a lot of work (laughs) that's that's and it would take a lot of planning and so it's like first i don't want to do that alone and then after that (laughs) like after I actually find a like, oh, I ain't sitting here with this baby in the kitchen by myself. <laughs> Fuck that. Right, I'm with you, Reed. I'm with you. Yeah. After Seriously. I find like X number of people to help me raise the child, I don't know. <laughs> like, Ooh, I then like I have that. to uh, then I have to think about that. But I don't even know. I'm not even to that point yet. <laughs> step two. I'm not not even to step one yet. So. <laughs> okay. Um, course, so whatever. do you? We, so do we think that like. I feel like I, I I feel like it's like a cheesy question, like it's like the cheesy fake deep question. But I also do feel like we have to like talk about it at least a little bit, you know, in the last fifteen or so minutes yeah. or whatever. Is um, oh god, I'm just gonna say just, it. Like, is it hella heteronormative? Like, for us to like mm-hmm. want to have babies? Is this is this because we want more cachet in social? Is it? Because we know there's a certain amount of cachet and certain amount of social currency with having a baby because the world is not, is like run by, you know, heteronormativity and that's standard. And we're always in reference to heteronormativity, right? No matter what type of like gays or queers we are. And so we know that like, having babies and that puts us, gives us a little more cachet or respectability allegedly in their eyes. So is it like a heteronormative like thing or um, Outside like my, of sexuality, is it just a natural, normal thing to want to raise a child? 
I think some people do. My childhood toy. Sorry. No good. To interrupt. My childhood toy was Baby Lucy, who was a doll. And it was, I like pushed her around on a, in like a a child size stroller. And that was like my toy was a, was a doll. So it's really hard for me to actually like get to the root of why I would want to have a child. (laughs) Like, um, Good reason raising babies his whole life. Well, but you're raised in this environment. And so of course you want to have a kid. Like, of course, like you have that like latent desire. I don't know if you really. I do. That. I mean, I I think about it a lot, like having raising a baby. Um, but but here's the thing: I don't think about raising like an infant, like a like a five year old. I can I don't see. I when I think about it, the yeah. child is never like a newborn. The child is never like two years old. The child is never ten or twelve or fifteen. The yeah. child is always five or six years old. Yeah, I'm always thinking about older children. You are. I don't. Yeah, I rarely think about having like a baby baby. Yeah, they're just, uh, no, maybe all three I of need, us should I get together with a baby because like Reed baby is pet. <laughs> yeah, we need to outsource oh, the baby baby. I can do the baby baby. I mean, I can do. No, no, no. It. I, I mean, like I, not. I'm a big family. Like we can. I know oh, how yeah. to. I can. I know how to do baby set schedules and all. I can, yeah, can, do, yeah. I can do. We can do. We can do it. But when I envision it, it's always like a five or six year old. But I think collectively, Reed clearly has experience or a lot of something around the babies. Mm. I have the five-year-olds, and you have the fifteen-year-olds. Oh, yeah. I think collectively we may be able to bring together someone's whole life. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I love it. That would be cute, though. Three friends raising a baby together. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's lots of sitcoms about that. I think we can oh, start next year. year. <laughs> oh gosh, just kidding. What, what's happening next year? Uh, the show. This is this will be the basis of the show for nineteen. It's us raising a child. But our baby has to be a partially person of color. Yeah. Well, yes. for me. No, understandably. I like I, I yeah. The, the Afro descent portion of the panel of the panel, <laughs> panel. We need like something. Yes. It's, well, yeah, and I, I support that. Well, I guess I, I back and then I can do all the black things with the baby. Yes. And then I'll teach you all the, some of the things that you should. What make. are all the yeah. white things? <laughs> you tell me. You tell us. Or you're just kidding. <laughs> Casseroles and <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can only say things cynically, but I, I want know, to be yeah. respectful. <laughs> yeah. um, wanting to be in control of everything. No, wanting to control everything. <laughs> that is a that is a, that is a, a living in Germany. That is a trait that is very prominent in Europe, mm-hmm. I think, and America. Uh-huh. This, sense, sure. this this sort of sense that like you should be able to control the world. <laughs> oh, my thing is okay. Here's my other thing related to the topic and to what we're talking about right now. Um, so it's part humor, but it's actually my truth. Um, I would only raise a male child. Oh, oh no, you haven't met little girls <laughs> like girl. Children. No, I They're have so met fun. girl children. I have met girl children. That's why I only want to raise male children. No, but what if oh, they're yeah, like yeah. gender non-conforming? Oh yeah. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm. I'm actually on the other side of the. I I find, and when I'm hanging out with my my nephew, who I love, who's an amazing. Oh yeah, little how old is he now? Ray of light. Three, four. Thirty-four. <laughs> that three oh, or four. Oh, okay. I was like. Oh, well, he's old now. No, he's, um, like, he's not older than me. That's not, yeah, he's like three. Um, I do struggle 
I feel like I. <laughs> I feel like I could bond better with a you girl. You want him to not use pronouns? He's going to be like, okay. No. He just likes to do a lot of like, I guess you're... What's his name? Trayvon? <laughs> uh, Razel. Um, he just likes to do... Same category of names. <laughs> These are my people's category. True, <laughs> true. He just likes to do a lot of like, your stereotypical boy stuff. Which I love. Which I don't. Um, I'm like, let's you, sit inside and read a book. And he's for... like, no, let's run outside. Let's constantly be outside. Let's shoot each other with guns. Let's do... And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are all the things I don't want to do. Do you know what my, my technique for babysitting uh, children, like, you know, four to like nine or whatever mm. that are boys, is to, if they have that in them, is to do all those things. Ugh. I try to run them into the ground. Oh, yeah. So we're going to run. Oh, we're going to run. We're going to build all the forts. I'm, I want to run all the energy out of you. So you go to sleep by eight and I can leave me alone. I, just, <laughs> right? I totally had this had this like mental image of Maurice totally like encouraging a child to like and until this child was completely out of energy. It was very That's literally my it technique. Goes. It's like yeah. that. Let's go. Or I'm, Let's go. or, or I try to train them to be cool. Like, train them to be cool. Like like my little uh, cousin Adonis. Um he <laughs> Adonis is really edgy. I think Adonis is part of the community. Oh, yeah. Um, but Adonis is older. He's like he's like nine or something now. Mm-hmm. He's very edgy and real snappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I think it started one year when I told him I was like Adonis, you know damn well I'm the coolest relative you have. <laughs> and he's like, well, no, no. And I was like, I dress cooler than everybody else. I've got t- I've got better tattoos. Like I've got better piercings. I'm just cooler than everybody else. Um, and he was like, well, "What about my dad?" I was like, "Your dad is the person you love the most in your family." Right. That's different. Your grandma is the sweetest person. I'm, I'm the, the coolest, coolest person. <laughs> and then one time when he when when he was afraid of the dog in my aunt's backyard because we were doing like a oh, family yeah. thing or whatever, um, he didn't want to go outside by himself. And so I put my hand on his forehead and told him he had the power. And he looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> I told him it was because I was a witch. Yes. And then he was like, "Huh?" And I was like, "You're." I was like, "Half of your family are witches," mm-hmm. which is kind of. Kind of true, true yeah. Way, but you know, Not a lie. we don't really talk about it. Too right, much. right, right. And collectively, we don't talk about it, but we all know it's you know it's many generations. It was time for him to know. Um, and so I'm trying to like plant seeds so he can be like an open-minded person. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. I think that's a hard part. So like, I like... took him one time. Like we went to like this little hip little, little coffee shop shit, and he had the cereal, and I like oh, had magazines, and I wanted to let him know like we can kick it. Like we don't. Yeah. We can do a variety of things when we kick it. We can cool just chill. Stuff. You know what I mean? How cool old is this person? Uncle. Adonis now, I think, is like nine now. Okay. He's also cool. fucking mouthy, which is why I think he's gay. <laughs> he's what? Really mouthy, which is why I think he's gay. Mouthy? Because he has that gay, like, like quick, 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 quick-witted yeah, yeah. snap wax. Yeah, so you're like, <gasps> I think it's a homosexual. <laughs> he can also just be a witch, <laughs> like the rest of the yeah. There's that too. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> If he is, he's got a long pass ahead of him. <laughs> His dad loves Jesus. Oh, keep going. Um, so yeah, so we so we feel like it's natural to want to raise children. I think for some people, I think the, I think like culturally, there's this belief that everyone wants to, but I think we need to deinvest in that. But I, I think there's generally some folks who just want some fucking kids, which is beautiful, and I'm glad that they want to do that. But I do you know what? I I do want kids, and but I really and you know what's funny? I thought this when I was like really small. Hmm. I really always see, I've seen myself, and still do, um, raising my children with lesbians. Aww. Like, 
somehow yeah, involved in it, or like, or like the or like the mother, the biological contribution from that. That's I would be like a lesbian, a queer woman. Yeah. Um. So, I think right now, if I were to say like, if I want to get the next couple of years, I think I'm I'm kind of probably eyeing out like a really cool queer couple. female couple that yeah. wants a baby. Um. And yeah, but I'm, I'm but I'm also not. I th- but I'm also not into like just giving them a cup and leaving. <laughs> um, no shade to that at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's actually a really beautiful thing, a gift to give. Um, but I want to somehow be involved. Do you know what I mean? Like or like be around or something. So I don't know. Me raising a baby with like a lesbian couple that lives not too far away, and we can do some weird co-parenting group parenting thing. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. With Reed and Moises too. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll be there for cameos. Cameos. I want to. I'll be the cool uncle. You'll be the. You'll be the classic Latin padrino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you 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 gotta buy his texture prom and oh all my that God, shit. Yes, <laughs> that's all this cute thing. You just show up with gifts and come to the barbecue. Always. Yep. Yeah, that's what I. That's, that's what you do. That's what I do now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, and I think, I feel like if your motivation is to have a child or to, like, better fit into some heteronormative, like, mold or to, like, prove something to your family or your community or whatever, like, you need to check those motivations because I don't think that's very healthy and it's not good Especially for the child, child. I don't think that's very healthy. Agreed. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Well, and I guess I, I think for me, I've been thinking a little bit more of sort of, like, I don't know, mothering lately. Um, and what all that looks like, because I have a, I have friends who like jokingly call me mom. Um, you, because you are the house mother. <laughs> well, you and, are the mother of the house. And, and and you know these people are like, I don't know, maybe ten years younger than me or whatever. And so there is like an age difference, and I do find at times like I I feel a little mothering. I'm doing a little bit of mothering in it. That's I what I like. That's, that's the, I, I I like it a lot. Actually. No, I love it too. And but it's also I think. I think I had had this moment with myself. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I don't have that same desire to like have a child of my own because in a lot of ways, whether it's been professionally or just sort of like in my community, you know, raising American friends, children, <laughs> raising American uh, children, right? I just ran away. I was like in August. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. It's been a year. <laughs> I haven't done enough. Three. Oh, shut up. In August of last year, I left the job that I had where that whole since 17 years old, been involved in Jothra and Raising America's Children. Oh, yeah. And, and, but, but I think recognizing for me finally that I was like, wow, this is like just as valuable as like mm-hmm. raising a child from the beginning. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's also very gay, right? Because I was talking oh, to yeah. my friend Ooh, the other day yes. and I was like, well, I was looking at the idea, like I think the, the perception of gay men as being like wealthy, um, as all as, as of all of us being wealthy, and child-free is actually mm-hmm. incorrect. Right. A lot of that perception came from these magazines or these... A lot of that right. perception comes from looking at, like, white gay men. Mm-hmm. And that, in particular, had mostly to do with their whiteness and what, then their gayness. Right. Because when we look at, like, the bulk of the gay community who are not wealthy people, um, women in general have children. Yep. I think, like, 60% of, like, queer women, especially queer women of... Well, queer women of color, 60% of them have children. Oh, yeah. And then a, mo- a, a large chunk of queer women of all ethnicities have kids, so including the white ones, yeah. <laughs> have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like uh, queer men of color, 
queer men of color generally they have more kids than like uh, gay white gay, gay queer white queer men. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we look at that is like most of us have kids. Right. We, I mean, like queer men of color have statistically less than queer women of color, right. but we're generally raising kids. But if you look at gay people overall, I don't think there's any. I haven't seen any data on this one. We raise motherfuckers' children. Oh, yeah. Usually the ones that, that straight people throw away. Exactly. So we raise, you know, whatever, like the other gays in our world and our family on the streets or whatever it is, or we take in, or we raise I do think that, somebody. like, gay people, because you have to navigate the prejudices of other people, tend to have, like, a better social ability than, <laughs> than mm. most, most other people. Yeah, um, it's opened up our perspectives to... Yeah. And, but anyway, I guess my closing bit is that I think with kids, as a gay person, there just has to be more like intentionality about it, and so you just think more about it. And I think for me, we it's are definitely more so not something straights. that it's definitely not something that can only be done with two people. So mm. um, that's really especially beautiful. if you have the same gender, <laughs> like mm. that. That might be. Some Rains people don't, might not like it. If the stork that. drops a girl child in my lap, I'm outsourcing <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> little girls scare the living shit out of me. They are little very girls are amazing. They're very interesting demanding. <laughs> I love it. That's the best. <laughs> More so than what I can... Wait, wait. I'm trying to wait people to read me and call me like some horrible <laughs> woman-hating woman right. homosexual. Um, they, uh, I, don't, I, I don't vibe with, some, with, with, no, with you just women under the age of nine. All right. No, yeah. I mean, I guess and I, I think I'm glad that we're sort of like wrapping up on this point around sort of the queer brilliance around the ways that we do mother and parent and, you know, if we want to call them alternative or non-traditional ways, I think it's really beautiful and just sort of like caring for people I think is also great, but I'll, like also like reiterate, I'm like, oh, this is exhausting. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, my life is just going to be caring for people, which is like actually really beautiful and I great. want to be involved in the people that you raise. I need to be like an auntie or something like that. <laughs> yes. Um, well, and you definitely have. I mean, you're the one who just makes people cry all the time with questions. Like, good I cry. make them cry and they leave across the country. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you change them deep down. To wrap up, um, yeah. Reed is um, wants to be the perfect parent. He does not see me as a fit co-parenter. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. No, that's not at all what he said. You, you all heard the rest of this podcast. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, that's our, I don't know. I feel like we're going to come back to this one. Yeah, some other way. We yeah. will see you guys very yeah. soon. Yeah, and thank you, yeah. Radio Cracks. We love you. Yeah, thanks, Radio Cracks. All right. Bye.